Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 16 called True Comfort. Now, if you flip back to Job 2, just for a moment, you'll, I just want to remind you that the f- three friends that we've been hearing from, when they, they heard Job 2.11, when Job's three friends heard of all the adversity that had come upon him. So we concluded when we were studying Job chapter 2 that the story of Job, his adversity and sufferings, the calamity that had happened in his life was broadcast uh, far and wide. If we could imagine a modern setting, it would have been on all the news reports, in the magazines, uh, in the Christian newsletters that you get, or whatever, that Job's whole life had become a disaster. And I would imagine that if it was in a modern setting, people would be making all kinds of conclusions as to why. See, we are quick to jump on that particular mindset and think, well, He must have done something wrong. That's why his life is a disaster. And sometimes that is true. Sometimes, you know, we've met the enemy and it is us. And we've shot ourselves in the foot and we've got to live with some of those consequences and God is still gracious in those times. But they had heard about it. So that tells us that there were people, many people talking about it. It was uh, talk in the caravans. And when they heard of this adversity, they came, each one from his own place. There's the three friends, Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite. He, remember, he's the shortest guy in the Bible. Bildad, the Shuhite. And, uh, anyway, and Zophar, the Namathite. And they made an appointment together. What was their goal? To come to sympathize with him and comfort him. We're talking about true comfort tonight. Turn all the way back to Job chapter 16. The original intent of the friends was to come and sympathize and comfort him. How widely did they miss the mark? I mean, they they have gotten to a point where it's so bad, the communication between the three friends and Job is so bad that they're basically in a name-calling match now. They have come to what we might call an impasse. They have to agree to disagree, and here's the essence of the problem. If you're new to this study, let me just set it before you. The three friends believe that the only explanation for Job's calamity, that his whole household, all of his children have died, his wife has cursed him, he's lost everything, his health is in a shambles, he looks like he's the walking dead. The only explanation is that Job must have sinned against God and he must repent. And so for multiple chapters now, we've been hearing them and they start a little soft and they're getting harder and less patient with him and even angry with him. And he continues to say, I haven't sinned. My hands are pure. Job is not saying he's sinless. He's not saying he's perfect. He's just saying, I cannot find anything that I've done that would give reason for God to open the floodgates in my life. And so what they intended to achieve, Job's comfort, was supplanted by pain. If you look at the opening verses in chapter 16, you'll note that Job answered, he answered one of their speeches, and he said, 
I've heard many such things. And then he said, sorry, all the other translations say, miserable comforters are you all. Miserable comforters. Their goal was to comfort him. That what they achieved was just the opposite. Isn't it kind of oxymoronic to say you're a miserable comforter? <laughs> That's an oxymoron. If you're trying to bring comfort to somebody, you shouldn't be miserable at it. <laughs> somebody might say, you're not very good at this. <laughs> you could do better. You're, you're, you're not a great comforter, but you're okay. But to call somebody a miserable comforter, it's like it would have been better had you just never showed up. Sorry, comforters, are you all? So I asked the question as I was thinking about God's word and praying about this message that I would bring to you tonight, what does true comfort look like? What should they have done? Why did they miss the mark? Here's one uh, thing I just put before you for those of you who are considering these things or taking notes, is they, their worldview would not allow them to entertain any other uh, reason for Job's suffering. Sometimes we have made conclusions about life that are not based on the word of God, but based on what we've heard from others or past experiences that we've had that we now package into truth. And we must be very careful because if we use subjective life experience, which sometimes can be helpful if it's another layer that, that uh, is in concert with the word of God and is just frosting on the cake of the word of God, that can be helpful. Hey, I went through this and here's what God did and this matches this Bible verse. But if my subjective experience becomes now or what I believe about the world or I believe about religion, becomes what I tell everybody. So let's say that you have a friend who's in a difficult spot, their marriage is in trouble or something like that, and instead of going to the word of God, you use your experience. Well, your experience could be helpful, but not if it contradicts God's word. Are you with me? There's a lot of people inside and outside the church who will find the book or the, the talk they're looking for but the question is, is it God's truth? And these men could not bring themselves to bring comfort to Job because their worldview was not a biblical worldview. They could not fathom that sometimes God can and does allow suffering in our lives, not for any other reason than he's gonna use it for his purposes. Do you know that one of the purposes that God may use if he allows suffering in your lives or one of the uh, things he may be trying to accomplish is to make you more like Jesus. And that's maybe not something that you've considered before. I actually heard Charles Stanley say that earlier on a broadcast that remember God is conforming us into the image of his son and often... You know, I don't know how the percentages break down, but God will use suffering to shape us more into the image of Jesus because suffering drives me to God. 
And when I'm doing really good and I can just kind of put it in cruise control and I, I know my routines and I know how to get this done and that done, that doesn't always drive me to God. Now, I'm not saying that God has some pleasure in our suffering, but God is trying to accomplish something and that is to make us more like Jesus. When Nehemiah was uh, listening to the report about the destruction of his homeland in Jerusalem, the capital, uh, he was inquiring and he wanted to rebuild the walls. And you remember that story in the book of Nehemiah. It's a story about leadership, but it starts with a man who was not a priest, he was not a prophet, he was not a professional minister. He was the cupbearer of the king, but he had a burden for that land. And it's interesting, if you ever studied the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah's name means, get this, Yahweh comforts. And when Nehemiah heard about the broken walls in Jerusalem that had been laying there in rubble for years, he was the man that decided to repair the walls, to bring comfort, if you will, to the area. And one of the things that you and I can do as we preach the gospel, the ultimate medicine for the soul is the gospel. Would you agree? The good news that there's hope in Jesus Christ, no matter what you go through, good times, bad times, in life and death. And so this is what God wants to do in our lives. I asked this question in my notes. Did these men ever stop once to pray for Job? Have you studied the book with us all the way from the beginning? Have you heard them once say, Job, let's pray? Maybe a prayer like this, Father, we don't know what's going on. We don't know why this is happening to Job. You know why we don't, but we're praying that you would reveal what you're doing and you would comfort our brother. How's that for a different approach to what these guys were doing? They were trying to do it all with their ideas. Oh, this must happen, this must happen. And in James chapter one, many of you know these verses, it says we are to count it all joy, brethren, when we encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces perseverance. And James goes on to say, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That's James 1.5, who gives to all men liberally. Now, when we come to God and we ask for wisdom, the, the flow of the context in James 1 is you're in a trial and you don't know what's going on and you say to God, Father, I don't know what you're doing, whether it's your trial or somebody else's. Would you give me understanding? Would you help me to learn what you're trying to say to me in this trial? so that I can become more like Jesus. I think Job's friends would have done much better had they done that. Job says to them, after he calls them miserable comforters, verse three, he says, is there no limit to your windy, to windy words? <laughs> you guys are a bunch of windbags. A windy word here is the idea of a bunch of hot air, and it can speak of eloquence with no content. It can speak of one who speaks well, but has no substance. You could put it this way. They have a whole lot to say, but nothing is truly helpful. If you ever uh, have insomnia, turn on late night television, you can pretty much get a whole host of this, and you can make three easy payments for $29.99. Some of you have done it, haven't you? <laughs> Improve this, you can do this, you can do that. Three easy payments. Easy payments because you're making them and they're not, right? And they're selling all of this stuff 
And there's a lot of words. There's a lot of people talking. But the question is, is there any substance? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Would you help me to learn what you're trying to say to me in this trial so that I can become more like Jesus? I think Job's friends would have done much better had they done that. Job says to them, after he calls them miserable comforters, verse 3, he says, is there no limit to your windy, to windy words? <laughs> you guys are a bunch of windbags. A windy word here is the idea of a bunch of hot air, and it can speak of eloquence with no content. It can speak of one who speaks well but has no substance. You could put it this way. They have a whole lot to say, but nothing is truly helpful. If you ever uh, have insomnia, turn on late night television, you can pretty much get a whole host of this, and you can make three easy payments for $29.99. Some of you have done it, haven't you? (laughs) Improve this, you can do this, you can do that. Three easy payments. Easy payments because you're making them and they're not, right? And they're selling all of this stuff And there's a lot of words. There's a lot of people talking. But the question is, is there any substance? There's been a lot of talk going on from Job's friends. And Job says, is there no limit to your hurricane of hurt? You old windbags. They said, you're full of hot air, Job said. No, you're full of hot air. No, you are. No, you are. We can give counsel, but we want to make sure our answers and counsel are in keeping with God's word because God's word has substance to bring true change. I can pontificate all day long about my opinions on what you should do. But if I point you to God's everlasting word, I know that that has substance and layers. Job, in essence, says to them, why do you keep going there? What plagues you that you answer? Uh, One a rendering of this is what irritates you that you answer. Why, why are you answering this way? It must be something about you. 
You could put it this way. What provokes or ails you that you answer? Sometimes, I think this is what's here in the text. Think about it with me. Sometimes we give somebody an answer, but the answer is not about them and God. It's more about us. How so, you might ask. Well, if we give an opinion to somebody or we've had an experience over here and we're angry about something, we say, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what you should do, and here's why. And it's because we've had a negative experience with something. So we bring our anger or our wrath or our bitterness or our unresolved issues to the table. And we don't give them God's truth. Well, if that's what drives us, then we're going to probably lead them astray. A worldview will cripple you if it doesn't allow for righteous suffering. And I've been telling you this, and and I'm not telling you this because I take pleasure in it, but... I will put it before you again. There is a whole movement in professing Christianity that says that you should never suffer, you should never be sick, you should always be wealthy, you should always be healthy. If you have enough faith, all of these things will happen. And that is just false. In fact, some of these teachers, I've heard them mock Job and the book of Job and say that's ridiculous Job is calling God a fool, direct quote from a word faith teacher. I'm sorry, sir, but you don't understand your Bible. Because God did not, Job was not calling God a fool, nor was God down on Job. God was lauding Job. He was saying, consider my servant Job. There's nobody like this man. God was speaking well of Job. Be careful that you don't have to force your, here's what I'm talking about, you have to force your view on the book of Job because it doesn't fit with what you've been selling to the masses in word faith theology. Is everybody with me? Now, I'm not saying that everything these teachers say is false, but you have to be careful that they don't make an all or nothing statement. So now you're suffering and you can't, Find anything that was amiss in your life, and now you're thinking, what did I do wrong? Why is God mad, God mad at me? Uh, maybe I didn't push the right lever, or I didn't pray the right way, or I, didn't, I don't have enough faith. And usually these teachers make it all your fault, so they can never be wrong. This is the tragedy of wrong doctrine that's out there. Job says, I too, verse 4, could speak like you if I were in your place. I could compose words against you and shake my head at you. I could do what you're doing. It's easy to shake your head at someone when they're down and think you know why they're in the position they're in. Have you ever done that? Have you ever shook your head at someone, whether literally or metaphorically? Someone was behaving in a certain way. Maybe something was going amiss. Maybe you're like, why did they act that way? What's their problem? And then a couple days later, you were doing the exact same thing. (laughs) Anybody ever done that before? And you go, oh, oh. That's the very thing I was looking at that person going, oh, so sad. Look at how they act. Look at that lack of humility. Look at them arguing over such stupid little silly petty things. They're not very spiritual. Two days later, why did that person drive faster? I'm doing it now. You see, it is easy to shake our head at others, wonder why they can't get it together. 
because we're not walking in their moccasins. We're not in their shoes. If the shoe were on the other foot, if the tables were turned, what would you do? And how would you want someone to talk to you? This is what Job is saying. How would you want someone to talk to you if you were me right now and you had the boils from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head? What, how would you want someone to come to you if we changed positions for a moment and you never know what could happen from one day to the next, right? Well, how would you want that to go? What would you want me to say to you? Well, I think you've sinned against God and you're just a miserable, terrible person, obviously. And the reason that the house crashed in on your children and you lost all your stuff is because you're a dirty, rotten sinner. Comforting, huh? No, I think not. See, the Bible encourages us to get the facts first. Let every fact be confirmed. Jesus said that in Matthew 18, 16 in regard to church discipline. Okay, if your brother doesn't listen to you, then take two or three others with you, that every fact may be confirmed. Did you hear that? Every fact, not speculation. Sometimes we hear something and we start speculating or we join in with the speculators. Oh, this probably happened because of this. And there are shows just to gossip about it. Oh, did you hear? Here's the top five stories that we can all gossip together about. Yeah! It was all excited at other people's misery. People jump on that train so quickly. Job said, I could have been like you. Or, five, I could strengthen you with my words. And the solace of my lips could lessen your pain. If indeed we have a friend who is hurting, whatever may be going on in their lives, I think our goal would bring, be to strengthen them with our mouth and bring solace with our lips and lessen their pain. Listen to, this is the New Living Translation of these first verses two through five. He said, I've heard all this before, what miserable comforters you are. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? <laughs> I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if it were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. You've been listening to True Comfort, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Job Chapter 16. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on the Apple Music app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, as you listen to the book of Job, you may be asking yourself, how do I become a better comforter? That is a great question. Because some people, let's face it, you know, maybe you're not that kind of person. You're not a touchy-feely, let your emotions out kind of person. Maybe the gift of encouragement is not yours. You know, it's not the first thing that you do. Maybe you're a Maybe you like to be a little bit more critical. You're a jokester. It's hard for you to soften and speak to someone's, you know, emotion. But listen, you can comfort one another with the comfort with which you've been comforted by God. And I think God softens us as we go through life. He wants us to be comforters. And here's the good news. We have the comforter living in us, the Holy Spirit, 
And that comfort that he brings, we can give away to others. Maybe you should try it this week. One encouraging text. If you're not an encourager, you're not a comforter, maybe say, Lord, I want to just bring comfort to one person. And you might say, well, how do I do that? How do I bring comfort? Well, ultimately, I can't necessarily do it, but I can do it through God's Spirit, maybe with a Bible verse, maybe just a, a smile or a prayer. Let the Spirit lead you. But you know what? We can all become better comforters and I think it's one of the things that we should be doing as believers. Well, speaking of comfort, we have a grief share class going on at Living Truth where I serve as senior pastor. It happens Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. at Living Truth. If you've gone through a season of grief and you'd like to get a little teaching on this, maybe have uh, some folks who are going through similar stuff, that's what grief share is all about. It happens Tuesday nights at Living Truth in Corona, You can find out information and directions when you call 844-48-TRUTH. You might have some questions about the content of the class as well. 844-48-TRUTH or download the Living Truth app in your app store for free. Look for that red logo with the pillars and join us at the class. God bless you. So glad you're listening. We'll see you here tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow on this station for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 16 called True Comfort. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.